most people would think that oh now you're looking at the long throwing but i'm i'm more looking on the the thing i'm calling the fast and clever throwing like both the, the feeling of when to throw fast when to wait also how to throw precise but also uh the, the players who can really see the space being created by the teammates and, and, and use this space. So you can also say, I'm thinking about players who have a high throwing intelligence. And I'll pick out uh, Liverpool, Sandy Robertson, Robo, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, the, the left and right fullback, because they've just been been fantastic the last couple of years. And I know it's a little bit special that I'm coaching both and then I'm picking them out, but they've just been performing so well on, on the throwing. So I'll say that. Of course, at the moment, there are the best throwers in the world and also consider Liverpool FC because they're also playing in a big league to be the best uh, throwing team in the world at the moment. Yo, and welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast with me, Ryan Hartley, and you have joined the interview sessions where I interview inspiring, successful people about their heart and their mind. The interview sessions are brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Now today on episode 83, I am joined by the world's one and only throw-in coach, Thomas Gronemark. Thomas works with top teams such as Liverpool, Ajax, Ghent, and um, Atlanta over in the States. In his work with Liverpool, he's taken them from 18th in the Premier League in throwing possession under pressure to first within one season. He is a very, very interesting, insightful human being, also a author and speaker. And I really hope that you can take away the passion that Thomas has for his work and really get some insights into the leadership in the culture at Liverpool that has seen them since this interview go on to be crowned Premier League champions for the first time. They are current Champions League winners, FIFA Club World Champions and now Premier League champions. I'm sure Thomas has had his part to play in helping Liverpool be the best they can be at throw-ins. I hope you hear the passion that he has for the throw-in and think about how you can apply that level of passion, commitment, dedication, attention to detail to whatever it is that you do. Enjoy this episode. Much love, guys. Welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. And today I'm joined by my very special guest, Thomas Gronmark. I hope I said that correctly. Welcome, Thomas. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah, you uh, pronounced that uh, correctly. So that, that's, that's super fine. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. It's great to see you. Please give me uh, a bit of an introduction to who you are and a bit about your story. Yeah, I'm a professional uh, football throwing coach, so uh, I'm the only one in the world who does that. So I'm coaching uh, clubs like uh, Liverpool FC, Ajax from Holland, again from Belgium, Atlanta United from the States, but I'm also coaching uh, sometimes amateur and youth teams. So I have a passion for football throw-ins and uh, I've been having that since I was a kid. I've uh, been playing football myself for approximately 15 years. 
Then I went to athletics where was six years on the Danish uh, athletics national team. Then afterwards I had uh, four years on the Danish national bobsleigh team traveling all around the world. And then in, in 2004, I, I became a, a professional uh, football throwing coach. And then, yeah, in, in 2010, I also set a official Guinness World Record in the longest throwing in the world. So you can say I've been, been doing a lot of uh, different uh, things in my life. So yeah, I love it. I love that. It's so good. It's so good to hear someone with a passion for their craft. And I just, what attracted you to the the art and the craft of a throw-in? It was, it was in 2004, in the start of 2004, in the middle of that bobsleigh time, I thought, hey, if I can make a good throw-in myself, can't I teach other players to do it? So I went down to my local library here in Denmark, where I'm living, and um, I tried to, try to find that book about throw-ins, but there were no books at all. So I thought, hey, might as well make my own throwing course. So I used approximately six months uh, video analyzing myself with how can I place my hip? How is the grip on the ball? How is the running? And put everything together. And in, in the fall 2004, I had a throwing course. And I could, of course, been starting with an amateur youth team, but... Yeah, I had the courage to ask a local Super League team from Denmark called Viborn, and they said yes and uh, scored a lot of goals after throw-in situations. And and the first three, four years, it was only the long throw-in. But in 2008, I was sitting, just watching, analyzing the long throw-ins. And even though if you're a team who are doing a lot, there are, it's still only 8, 10, 12 situations in a match. And then suddenly, I saw we had a normal throw-in in the middle of the pitch. And, and then we lost the ball and thought, hey, that was bad. Then we lost the next one and the next one. And I only thought it was amateur and youth teams who were so bad at the throw-in. So I started analyzing all teams in the world I could see on, on the telly and, and I saw that most teams, they lost possession more than 50% of the occasions when they had to throw in under pressure where the players are marked. So since 2008, um, I've been working with my throw-in philosophy called the long, the fast and the clever throw-in. So that's throw-ins all over the pitch. Of course, I've been coaching a lot of Danish teams, but my big breakthrough came in uh, July 2018 where Jürgen Klopp called me directly and asked me for help so um, yeah and since then it's totally exploded it now now the whole world is interested uh, not only pro clubs but also amateurs and youth coaches analysis people and so so yeah I'll dive into the whole Liverpool chapter of the story a bit later but I, I first want to understand uh, half of my audience are American and they listen to me from America where maybe soccer is not so prevalent in their culture. Is it more than it ever used to be, but maybe there are listeners that don't understand what a throw-in is and more specifically, why is it important? So what is a throw-in and why is it important? Yeah, in soccer, a throw-in is really important. And, and first of all, I'll just say, if people don't know anything about soccer, I'll say a throw-in is where when the ball is coming over the sideline and the team has to throw it in with both hands. So then I think we have everybody in here. But the reason why uh, soccer throw-ins are really important is because there are normally between 40 and 60 soccer throw-ins in a match. So it's not a, a small thing. It happens a lot. If you look at at um, at soccer throw-ins, they are taken normally between 15 and 20 minutes of a match and a match is 90 minutes if you're looking at the throw-in itself and the the following situation uh, affected by the throw-in so it's it's actually a, a great thing in soccer but the funny thing is that the soccer sport is approximately 140 years old 
but no one ha have never really taken throwing uh, serious. And it's a funny thing because there are there are the clubs are having billions of pounds or dollars in budgets, but 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 no one works with the with the throwing. So I'm the only throwing coach in the world, and that's also the reason why I can coach so many of the big clubs in the world because I'm the only one who has the, the knowledge at the moment and that's also why I'm writing on a book about throw-ins and, and, and people here can can read about that on my, my homepage uh, thomasgronemark.com but the reason why I'm writing a book about throw-ins is because I want to change the whole football and if, I, if I'm only working with a few pro clubs all around the world then, then I can't really make a change so my biggest dream is to change football throw-ins so it, it, they'll be much better not only for coaches and players but also for the fans so we'll get a more entertaining soccer game so um yeah i had a, a question from an audience member um that asks did people think you were mad when you first started labeling yourself a throw-in coach yeah a lot of people thought i was mad and people are, are laughing and and for me it's okay they're laughing because sometimes i'm also making fun of myself i'm the only only soccer throwing coach in the world and and of course you have to be a bit mad to think about that especially <laughs> think about that all all day the last 16 years sometimes dreaming about throw-ins <laughs> uh, or quite often dreaming about throw-ins and of course you have to be a little bit mad uh, and and people are also laughing but it's okay i'll say that when I'm talking about soccer throw-ins to 99% of all people who either understand soccer or want to learn more, they are positive and really supporting about my job. And, and, and most people are saying, why haven't we done that before in soccer? So, but there'll always be a few people who are like really totally making fun of you because they are they're like, like cheering for the rival club or or they just like to try to put other people down. But I, I don't mind that because, you know, no matter if, it, if it's soccer or another part of, of life, if you're the one who's like being the first going forward, try to raise other people, then there'll also be skepticism. And that's okay for me. It doesn't matter. I have so much support from all around the world. So I'm just um, happy uh, about my job and the difference I can make for other people. Do you think that it will be something that other clubs look to um, bring on within their own coaching staff? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, clubs are, will will do that. And it doesn't matter if it's pro clubs, amateur or youth clubs, because people can see now that, that the throw-ins have been totally undervalued. And But if we look at data and analytics, then you can see that there are, again, 40 to 60 throw-ins in a match. Most teams are losing the ball in more than 50% of the occasions when they have a throw-in under pressure where the players are marked. Mm -hmm. And if you did the same with the ball uh, at your feet, you will not be playing professional football. But it's the same no matter if you're an amateur or youth player. No one wants to see bad throw-in. So, so people just want, want my knowledge real bad. And, and sadly enough, also also have to say no to some pro clubs. For example, they said no to a couple of pro clubs in the Premier League because they were uh, competitors or rivals of, of Liverpool FC. And I can't really coach two rival clubs in the same season. So I just think that, that, that people just want the knowledge. So um, I, I'm, of course, looking forward to coaching more clubs, but also publishing my book in the future. So, um, yeah. 
Love that. You oh, talked gosh. about um, pressure situations and, and I guess you, you help coach people with the, the physical element. You talked about the hip placement and the hand on the ball. How much of it do you bring in the psychology and the mindset of a throw-in? It's, it's a big thing. I'll say if I'm talking about uh, improving uh, players' soccer throw-ins, and I'll say that most players in my coaching are improving between 5 and 10 metres, some up to 15 metres. That's only technical training. But that's perhaps only 10% of my coaching. The last 90%, that's about the, the fast and clever throw-ins. And, and that's how can, you, can we create space played out of pressure. So we keep possession, so we create chances or score goals after throw-in situations all over the pitch. And, and that's a lot about uh, psychology because, um, first of all, you have to be focused. You have to be switched on at a throw-in. And normally, it, in uh, traditional soccer thing, you're, you're saying, oh, now we have a throw-in, we have to have a break. So to be switched on, it's a pretty new thing. But also, what I'm really working with with the players is that it's not about I have to get the ball when we have a soccer throw-in, but it's about we have to get the ball. So soccer throw-ins, my coaching is a lot about how can we create space together? How can we make movements so we are dragging the opponents to create space? And it's it's, it's this space that we're using to, to again, keep possession or create chances, score goals after throw-in situations. So it's a lot about teamwork. It's a lot about group mentality. It's a lot about communication, hand signals, uh, body signals, understanding mm -hmm. each other, and so so there is a lot of psychology in 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 being good at throw-ins on the team. I love that. On one of your captions on your Instagram post, it says, "Congratulations, Liverpool, on proving um, a throw-in is more than a throw-in." What does that really mean? Oh, it means that that again we've been playing soccer for approximately 140 years or so, and no one has taken throw-ins serious, even though there are it has. A uh, uh, great, great uh, influence on a soccer match. So a lot of people are just saying, "Oh, it's just a throw-in," but it has the same consequence. Uh, if you're losing the ball at a throw-in, than if you're losing the ball with your feet in the middle of the pitch. And um, a, a funny thing is, if you're looking at a soccer match in in, in uh, the television, if a team or a player is making a bad throw-in or lose possession. The commentators or the pundits are not really normally saying anything at all. But if you do the same with your feet in the middle of the pitch, that was really bad. And if you do it twice or, or three times, then then you'll perhaps say, is this player good enough for this soccer team? Or oh, do we have to get another player in now instead of him or her? So it's really, really easy to see that that it's just a big, big part of the the soccer culture that that we're not really you know thinking about the throw-ins and that's bad because it has has gigantic influence on not only the wrestles and 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 the players and and the clubs but also for the fan in front of the telly no one wants to see bad throw-ins we get we get used to bad throw-ins but but my biggest dream is to change uh, throw-ins into a thing where where people are sitting in front of the telly and 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 then a man in in, in the couch is saying to to his wife come in dear there's a throw-in now you know because we want that if you're looking at, if you're looking at basketball we, re, we if we have a throw-in in basketball we are really looking forward to see that space created so we are uh, creating space for that three-point shooter. And it doesn't matter if he's hitting the three-point shot or he just nearby, we can still say in basketball, fantastic move by, by the players to create space. And I want to I want to have the same in soccer. So that's also the reason why I'm, I'm working with, 
with, with three different zones on the pitch and then I'm having 40 to 50 throw-in tools uh, and also the players are putting their own fantasy and cre creativity on top of that so they actually like in Liverpool have millions of options so that's my biggest dream is to to change uh, throw-ins from something that's just has to be done to something fantastic in, in soccer yeah let's talk about the phone call from Jurgen Klopp talk to me about that how did it go what was it like what did he ask you yeah, it was just crazy. I was, I was uh, on my way into a chocolate shop in in Denmark. We had a summer trip with my family. I have a wife and two kids, and then I just looked at the phone. It the phone had been turned up before. We went into the chocolate shop. I could see a plus forty four number had been calling. That's the country code from England. And I thought it was just a salesman selling some pens or so. So. I listened to the voicemail and then it was Jurgen Klopp from Liverpool FC and <laughs> I was totally surprised even though I've been dreaming once in my life to coach in Premier League and especially a, a club like Liverpool. I was totally in shock so I tried to call him but he didn't answer. I went into the chocolate shop with my family and and, and when we came out I thought hey better go home to myself and take perhaps the most important call ever in my life. So I was driving the car, the wife sitting beside me, the kids in the back and then suddenly the phone rang. And my wife picked the phone up and she said, it's Jürgen. And then I just took the car, rode directly to the right into a grass field. And it was Jürgen Klopp from Liverpool FC. And he said, we had a fantastic season in the 17-18 season with a fourth place in the Premier League and Champions League final. But we were so bad at the throw-ins, we lost the ball almost every time. And I tried to do something, but it didn't work. Um, so he had been reading an article about me in the German newspaper, Built, and that's the reason why he called me. He invited me to Melwood, the training ground of Liverpool FC, the week after, and it should only have been a meeting in the first place, but Jürgen Klopp was so con convinced that already the day after the meeting had the chance to coach 21 of the Premier League players, all the players who weren't injured or at vacation after the World Cup. And then a few days after, I, I signed my my first contract with Liverpool FC. And now I've been working with Liverpool FC for two whole seasons now. And yeah, it's been okay. We've, we've been winning the, the Champions League and uh, the World Championship for clubs team. And, and I'll say pretty many people will think it, it, will, it looks all right this season with, with the Premier League. So um, I'm, not, I'm not disappointed. I'll say it's been been like living in a dream for the last two seasons of course not only with Liverpool FC but also all my other pro clubs uh, but yeah it's it's just fantastic Love that. why do you think what do you think Jürgen saw in your philosophy that matched his own uh, leadership and his own culture that he's creating at Liverpool I'll say what he saw was that uh, some knowledge that he didn't have himself mm. I think Jürgen Klopp is very uh, a very innovative coach and by innovative, I'm not only thinking about, because if you're thinking about innovation, you often think that, oh, it's about ideas, it's about being creative, and of course it is, but I also think a big part of innovation is to, to listen to other people, be open-minded, instead of coming with all your own solutions. I, I think that Jürgen Klopp was really listening. In the first meeting with me and, and Melwood, who, he could have been saying, hey, I've done that, 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 that with the throw-ins. Can you try to twist it a little bit? No, he was just oh my, he just said, tell me everything you know. I'm 100% sure that you can you can improve the teams, the players, the clubs throw-ins. So he gave me like like uh, like all 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 the things uh, I wanted and I could just use my knowledge 100%. Of course in in Liverpool FC and all other clubs, of course I'm 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 um, 
you know, talking with the staff, the managers, the coaches, the players, I'm fitting my coaching into the playing style. It's not like I'm just coming and saying, hey, you have to do exactly like what I say. But, you know, Jürgen Klopp was very open-minded and he was really listening to what I'm saying. I think that I think that's the thing we can all learn from from time to time, not only when we have to be innovative and creating big, big business, but just when we are standing with a normal conversation with other people. I think everybody knows the, the fact that we are sometimes thinking about what do we have to say next while the other person is still is still uh, talking. And of course, it's really hard not to do that. But sometimes just like let people talk until they haven't got any more words and then it's your <laughs> turn. And I think Jurgen Klopp is, is really good at many things, but he's a fantastic listener. And that's one of the reasons why I can make a difference in Liverpool FC because he's really open-minded I love that what do you think underpins Liverpool's success right now oh there are so many things I'll say that I can talk from now and the next 10 hours about the, the positive things in Liverpool let's see I think if we're going to the club culture I think that people are really willing to help each other it's a lot not about I but more we have to be good or we have to perform so people are again really open-minded they're really willing to share knowledge it's not only it's not only internally in the analysis team or at the physical coaches people are just helping each other try to share knowledge and then in the club itself and in the training itself i think in liverpool fc we have this fantastic balance between having having fun having good time and then being 100 serious if you're having too much fun you'll never really get top wrestles if you are too serious there's a dangerous uh, it can really be a dangerous situation where you're too stiff you are you are afraid of saying things come with ideas so i think it's in liverpool fc there are almost this perfect balance between having fantastic time at work and being 100 serious so it's 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 really fun to to be in melbourne at liverpool fc also in training camps um so i think that's that's uh, yeah a couple of, of the reasons why Liverpool are really performing. What does Jurgen bring to it? Yeah, he's a fantastic man. He's first of all, of course, he's funny. He's uh, he's friendly. He's ambitious. He's uh, he's everything. Um, I think he's also really, you know, when you're talking with Jurgen Klopp, he he's fantastic with eye contact and he's. He's, he's uh, taking time for you. Of course, he's also uh, uh, making decisions, taking decisions. You have to do that as, as a manager on the very top uh, of, of the leadership. But, but I think he's really, you know, he is so good at many different things, both with his, with his personality, but also with his uh, leadership abilities. So, um, yeah, he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. What defines his leadership? Oh, it's hard to say, but again, it's the balance between the the, the human uh, abilities he has to not only connect with, with people he's in front of, but also his ability to create a culture where other people are connecting with each other. I think that, that's perhaps one of the, the things I like best about Jurgen Klopp. And uh, because one thing is that you can create relations to the people you stand in front of, but can you create relations in, in, a, in a whole club or in a uh, <laughs> gigantic amount of uh, people, then it's, it's really, really good. So I think it's, it's as a leader, you can really affect the culture in a club because if you're a leader who is really like 
hard also in the conversation and also really demanding of course it's good for many things but it can also mean that you are people are being afraid of uh, making mistakes and so and of course that's one kind of uh, type of top performance leadership that that's that's like happening in some places not only in in soccer football but also in in society and companies and i'm not a big fan of that i'm not saying that it can't create create uh, no top wrestles and top performance but i'll prefer the kind of leadership and and culture where where we are we have a lot of um, focus on 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 work joy and, and the culture itself and i can say that i'm also a motivational speaker i've been been making more than 500 talks also been publishing a bestseller book here in denmark called lazy energy with the seven lazy principles so i'll also say that that i know a little bit about work culture work joy how to uh, how to perform with relations and so so i'll say that that um the culture in Liverpool FC is, is fantastic. If you're looking at not only the ability to to perform, but also the ability to create the work joy. Thank you for sharing that. And, and many of the listeners um, to this podcast will be leaders in their own right in, in, in the business setting. Um, and I just wonder, what are some of the principles with your throw-in coaching that they could apply to the business world? Yeah, first of all, I'll say I can just combine uh, one of my lazy principles and then uh, th- then my throwing coaching. One of my lazy principles in my book is called uh, is called uh, "Let the Others Do the Work," and I'll also say that it's it's a book with with humor too. So it, it does doesn't mean that you don't have to do anything, but but often it's it's the easiest thing to let others do the work. And when should we do that? It's it's when other people have more knowledge than you, instead of spending time and time and time on trying to solve this problem, there are perhaps in your own organization or company, somebody who has really much knowledge or like Jürgen Klopp did, there are somebody outside your company that has knowledge you can use. So instead of thinking we have to, we have to, like take care of everything we have to know everything or like okay we are a fantastic company we won't show weakness by 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 taking knowledge from outside this company no for me it's it's the biggest strength is to say we don't know everything let's get in this knowledge and 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 both internally in, in a company but also especially outside the company so so that's that's one of my my biggest advice not only regarding growing coaching but also general in life i think it's it's uh, really really important i also have my second uh, laser principle it's called uh, pull the others down in the couch and um it sounds like you don't have to do anything but it, it's actually about social relations and and one of the things we know from from uh, research and sciences is that if we're looking at teamwork how can a team perform the best way and that's some uh, it's research from from a technical uh, university in, in Denmark DTU and and they were looking at different teams and we're looking at who were performing best and also having the most work joy both things and they thought before this this research that was like like the teams with the best employees who were really performers who were really had a lot of competence and it was also really the ambitious people but in this research, they found out that the best teams were actually, actually the teams who had the closest uh, work relationships. Like so, because if if you have a really strong relation to your colleague, then you have a really a lot of trust. If you have a lot of trust in your colleagues, it's also easy to say, "Hey, 
can you help me with this because I'm struggling a little bit. Or perhaps you've been reading an article and then you can say, hey, can you use this in your uh, department or so? But if you don't trust uh, your colleagues a lot, then, then you won't say it or you won't ask for that help. And then you're just still trying to figure out that problem you really can't figure out. Or perhaps it'll take three times as long time. So I think my, my two best piece of this advice is first of all, get, get uh, help or uh, get knowledge. And the second thing is create those social relations. But sometimes we can forget about these social relations at work or at a soccer club because we think we have to work, 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 work. No, set time off for, for social relations, both with the, you know, the relations that that's about the specific thing you task you have to do, but also general social relations with with the human thing. Like like have have a good time. You you can't you can't uh, have have total joy and fun three hours per day necessarily. But you have to set time off for for, for the social relations because they're not coming by themselves. So, um, but sometimes we can just think that we have to work 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 work, eat more and more and more. But yeah. So uh, that's my uh, two best piece uh, of advice. Love that. You work with many clubs in, in different countries. I guess what is the same and what is different? I say the same thing can be how you structure your training in a soccer club. You're normally having, yeah, so much amount of training. You're having. Before a game, the day before a game, you'll normally do this. You'll also normally do something in pre-season, go on a training camp. But then it's also, you know, then there are a lot of difference from from uh, club to club, like the work environment. And it's, it's often really like, it's depending on the club's history and general culture, but it's also depending on which manager is in the club. And as I mentioned before, there can be different leadership style. And of course it affects, affects the, the work culture. And so I haven't been in a club yet where, where I didn't like to be, but I can just say that the, the work environment can be a little bit different from from club to club and then i just try to fit in of course i'll never like like change my personality or so but in some clumps there are a lot of uh, time for having fun having a good time and in other clubs i try to you know turn that a little bit down because there are so but i think it's especially important when you are freelance soccer coach like me that that i'm i try to fit in so, um, because I haven't got the same amount of time to create these social relations as if I was working every day, every week per year. Uh, so I really use a lot of time to try to fit in and talk with people and try to know people because I'm only in the clubs where I'm most like Liverpool and Ajax, I'm there for uh, six, seven weeks per year. So, so it's not much. Uh, compared to people who are there 52 weeks per year. So, um, yeah, I just try to, to fit in the best I can. Uh, your, your logo over the back of your shoulder says throw in, but the W and the IN are all in the same colour, which suggests that there's a relationship with throw ins and winning. Do the stats bear out? Yeah, uh, I'll say if you're looking, if you're looking at uh, Liverpool FC, the season before I came, the 17-18 season, uh, Liverpool FC had a, a 
throw-in possession on 45.4%, that throw-ins under pressure. And Liverpool FC were number 18 out of 20 in the Premier League, so third last. Uh, in my first season in the club, 18-19 season, uh, we, ha- we, we improved to a possession on 68.4% and went from number 18 in the Premier League to number one in the Premier League at throw-ins under pressure. We also went to number two in whole Europe only after one of my other teams, FC Midtjylland from Denmark. So it, it really means a lot with throw-in possession. Uh, also, you can say this season um, in Liverpool, we scored 13 goals after throw-in situations from throw-ins all over the pitch. We don't do any long throw-ins towards the opponent's goal. So it's, it's also throw-ins from our own penalty area when the opponents have throw-ins. And so, um, and, we, and, and the f- uh, season isn't finished yet. So throwing coaching and my coaching can really, you know, mean that, that teams are, are keeping possession uh, uh, and, and the opponents are not scoring so many goals after throwing situations, but you're also yourself both scoring goals after throwing and winning more matches. So I think I've proved that in, in, uh, in many different clubs. So, um, yeah, and, and yeah, that's, of course, fantastic. But again, my biggest dream is to improve football throw-ins all over the world. So, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can only take that big step when I'm publishing my book. So let's see. Love that. Who's got the best throw-in in the Premier League? I'd say that uh, most people would think that, oh, now you're looking at the long throw-in, but I'm, I'm more looking on the, the thing I'm calling the fast and clever throw-in, like both the, the, the feeling of when to throw fast, when to wait, also how to th- throw precise, but also uh, the, the players who can really see the space being created by the teammates and, and, and use this space. So you can also say, I'm thinking about players who have a high throwing intelligence. And I'll pick out uh, uh, Liverpool, Sandy Robertson, Robo, and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, the, the left and right fullback, because they've just been, been fantastic the last couple of years. And I know it's a little bit special that I'm coaching both and then I'm picking them out, but they've just been performing so well on, on the throw-in. So I'll say that, of course, at the moment, there are the best throwers in the world and also consider Liverpool FC because they're also playing in a big league to be the best uh, throwing team in the world at the moment. I love that. My ethos is about helping people be always better than yesterday. I'm just curious to know what that phrase means to you. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it can be really different from day to day. I try to do things better, but I'm also aware of that improvement is not uh, going like directly up. I think improvement are going in, even though you're going up, it's going up and down. It's a little bit like if you want to lose weight and you're standing on the weight uh, every morning, even though you're losing weight, you'll be, go a little bit up and down. It's the same with improvement and being better every day. I try to be more efficient sometimes with my work. Sometimes being better for me is also saying, yeah, uh, I will be even better to enjoy nature or just sit in a chair for an hour listening to the birds or so. For me, that's also being better. I think a lot of people, when they're thinking about being better, it's a lot about performance and working more and doing more. And But for me, that's also the first laser principle in um in, in in my book, lazy energy is is that that um, we have to relax more. So uh, so I think that's also a big thing about uh, being better. I'm always trying, no matter what where I'm at, I am in the world. If it's the states, if it's in Qatar, in Spain, I also always try to enjoy myself. So that's I try to be better and better at that too. So 
so for me being better it can be many many different things uh, it could also be being better at uh, being with your together with your family mm-hmm. instead of uh, being half with your family and half on your phone you know mm-hmm. it's all also a challenge in 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 modern life i think to to close down your computer and especially when you're working from home like i'm doing sometimes so so for me it's it's a lot of different things but i just i just want to see that uh, if I look a year back, then I've been better at, at some things. And then I'll probably have been worse at other things. And then I try to pull them up again if it's important uh, for me. So um, it's a complex question, but I always try to be, be better every day at different things. I love that. How can people connect with you? Yeah, the easiest way is to find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh i'm on instagram uh i have a youtube channel just search my name thomas Gronemark. you can also find me uh contact me on my new homepage, thomasgronemark.com you can read a lot about my soccer throwing coaching but also my my coming coming book and coming online courses so um yeah i'll say that that you can almost find me uh, anyway you can also try to make smoke signals the old the old way <laughs> but but i can't guarantee i'll i'll uh, i'll answer immediately so <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for your time thank you so much for for joining me in, and sharing your story um I, I found it fascinating i could i could speak for hours but uh, for the sake of your time i'm just gonna say thank you and i'd love to hear a final thought from your good self I'll just say, enjoy life, take the chances in life. If you have an idea, try it. A lot of things uh, I've done, both with athletics, bobsleighing, trying to set the world record, now a throwing coach, writing my book. It's, it's because of saying, oh, let's just try it and see what happens. The worst thing that can happen is, is your failing. And I know for many people, it's hard to fail. But I think we also have to try to fail to uh, to reach something. I've been doing a lot of things that that didn't happen in my life, but because I've been been willing to take the first step, also been 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 taking all all uh, getting a lot of help from from other people in in this on these different journeys. It, it has meant that I've been accomplished a lot of things. So. If you have an idea, try it. If you're not uh, courageous enough to try it yourself, talk with a friend, talk with a family member, someone else, and say, is this good? And and sometimes people will say no. Um, and sometimes people will say, hey, that's not bad. Why not try it? So that that's perhaps my, my best advice. Go after your ideas. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely welcome. There we go, episode 83 with Thomas Gronemark, the world's one and only throwing coach. And I just love the passion that he has for the work that he does. Yes, the world might have thought he was crazy by labeling himself a throwing coach, but he is testament to showing that a throw-in is more than a throw-in. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do share it with someone that you think would benefit from hearing what Thomas has had to share. Go and check out his his content, his YouTube channel, his, his book. I'm sure it'll help you in some way. What a character. Thank you, Thomas. And thank you for listening to this podcast all the way through the unique crew making it to the very end. I appreciate you. And I thank you.
I'll see you again soon. Much love. Thank you.